Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good Wednesday morning. Increasing calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. Why Israel and the U.S. are pushing back. It's October 25th. This is today. Breaking news, pressing on. Israel launching another intense wave of airstrikes to pound Hamas in Gaza. NBC News cameras capturing the moment this little girl is pulled from the rubble. This morning, the push for a pause in the fighting. The worry, it will be the terrorists who stand to gain. Right now, we believe a ceasefire benefits Hamas. And the new talks aimed at securing the release of more hostages. The very latest in a live report from the front lines. Washington whiplash. Republicans nominate yet another House speaker overnight after the sudden exit of their latest choice just hours after he was nominated. The infighting and dysfunction showing no end. What could break the impasse? We're live on Capitol Hill. Breaking overnight, catastrophic. Hurricane Otis makes landfall as a destructive Category 5 storm near the resort town of Acapulco. Al has details and your full forecast. Harrowing details, the pilot accused of trying to crash a passenger plane facing a judge for the first time. What we're learning about that life and death struggle inside the cockpit and his admitted use of psychedelic mushrooms before boarding. All that plus honoring a legend. Tributes pouring in for Richard Roundtree, Hollywood's first black action hero. We'll celebrate his trailblazing career today, Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Wednesday. Welcome to today. It's nice to have you along with us. Yeah, we're glad to see you. We do have a lot to get to. We're going to begin with breaking news overnight. New airstrikes in Gaza amid growing calls for a ceasefire. While labeling the attacks by Hamas that killed 1,400 in Israel appalling, the U.N. Secretary General also says they do not justify the, quote, collective punishment of civilians in Gaza. Secretary of State Antony Blinken weighing in, saying humanitarian pauses must be considered in the bombing. This all comes as a diplomat with knowledge of the discussions, tells NBC News talks with Hamas on the release of more hostages is, quote, progressing positively. More than 200 remain captive for 19 days and counting. And all of this is taking place while here at home. The chaos continues on Capitol Hill. Republicans have chosen yet another nominee for House Speaker. This is their fourth in three weeks after one fell apart within just hours yesterday. We've got more on that in a moment. We'll start with NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, however. He's in Jerusalem for us. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. U.S. officials are now talking about, for the first time, potential pauses, humanitarian pauses uh, of the Israeli airstrikes. But both Israel and the United States reject any calls for a full ceasefire for now, saying it only benefits Hamas. The power is flickering and fading at hospitals in Gaza, as medical officials say generators are on their last drops of fuel. The health system run by Hamas is in a state of collapse. Just as casualties are flooding in, 
from hundreds of Israeli airstrikes a day. Israel says it's bombing Hamas fighters and leaders hiding in tunnels below apartment buildings, schools, and hospitals. Last night, our crew caught the immediate aftermath of what witnesses say was an Israeli strike on a three-story building. First, you see a hand. She's alive. Other children were not. We counted five children pulled from the building. Three living, two appear to be dead. And this is Han Yunus in southern Gaza, where the Israeli military again this morning urged Palestinians to go for their safety. Our crew this morning visited another building in the city hit overnight. The UN Secretary General says what's needed now is clear, a ceasefire. Israel is objecting and the United States is backing it saying no ceasefire now, with the Pentagon saying small tactical pauses in airstrikes can be useful for civilian protections. That is not the same as saying a ceasefire. Again, right now, we believe a ceasefire benefits Hamas. But without one, bodies continue to pile up, and the risk of this war escalating and drawing in the United States grows. Israel this morning accusing Iran of helping Hamas with money, training, and logistics before the October 7th attack that Hamas militants crossed into Israel and killed 1,400 Israelis and took more than 200 hostages, including the elderly and babies. And one photograph this morning seemed ominous. The shadowy leader of Hezbollah in Lebanon meeting with top officials from Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas. Behind them, photographs of Iran's supreme leader. Israel says it stopped another attempt by Hamas militants to enter Israel to carry out an attack by sea. Savannah. All right, Richard Engel in Jerusalem. Thank you, Richard. Also this morning, families of hostages taken in the Hamas terrorist attacks are stepping up demands that more be done to secure the release of their loved ones. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with that part of the story. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hi, Hoda, good morning. Those negotiations to release a larger group of hostages are progressing positively, though there are no major breakthroughs yet, according to a diplomat with knowledge of the talks. It's day 19 in captivity for the more than 200 people being held by Hamas, and only four have been released. Very little is known about the condition of the rest. Their families are asking the world to help. This morning, the agonizing wait for the families of some 220 hostages drags on, with many holding on to the terrible images of the kidnappings because it gives them hope their loved one is still alive, like 21-year-old Almag's mother. Almog, if you see me, I want you to know we are doing everything, everything to bring you back. Among the hostages being held by Hamas inside Gaza, soldiers and civilians, people ranging in age from babies to seniors, and at least 10 Americans. Family members went to the United Nations Tuesday calling on the world to take action. My son is held by the Hamas. We need our son back. Frustrations are mounting. What is each day like for you, for your family? It's excruciating. It's honestly excruciating. Six members of Alana Zajic's family were taken from kibbutz near Oz, her cousins and their children, including three-year-old twins. Every morning I wake up and I still cry as soon as my eyes open. And it dawns on me again that we're still here. We're still in this, in this purgatory. 
Steps away, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken addressed the United Nations. Their loved ones must be released immediately, unconditionally. The group Bring Them Home tapped a famous TV producer to tell their stories, sharing what it was like to see their loved ones kidnapped, a horror movie these families desperately want to end. The Israeli government released a statement, again calling for the immediate, unconditional release of the hostages and asking the world to turn up the pressure on Hamas. The statement adding there is, quote, significant compensation for anyone who shares information about the hostages. Guys? All right, Stephanie Gask. Steph, thank you. Meanwhile, another dramatic day, potentially on uh, tap at Capitol Hill, where House Republicans are still attempting to elect a speaker. Louisiana's Mike Johnson became the fourth nominee. That happened late last night after House Majority Whip Tom Emmer suddenly dropped his bid just hours after being tapped for that role in the afternoon. One reason? Well, Donald Trump came out against Emmer's nomination, writing on social media that voting for him would be, quote, a tragic mistake. Let's bring in Kristen Walker, moderator of Meet the Press. Good morning. We called it whiplash. And in a way, it is. I mean, no sooner do they have the next nominee that then Trump blew him up. He's gone. Now we have another one. So what's likely to happen today? Well, there's a big question mark around that. We know that they're going to convene at noon so they could potentially vote on Mike Johnson. If you had to Google Mike Johnson, you would be forgiven. We're going down the list here of Republicans, Savannah. But look, he is from Louisiana. He is conservative. He is someone who is seen as being the architect of the efforts to overturn the election in 2020. So I'm told based on a source close to Trump that he likes Johnson. That could help him. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll get to 217, though. He's conservative without being a firebrand like Jim Jordan. But the big question, do they vote? Can he get to 217? There's a lot of skepticism still because this is such a deeply divided conference. Yeah. Are the moderates going to go along with somebody who denies the 2020 election when, of course, the right wing said yesterday we won't go along with someone who doesn't deny the 2020 election? That's at the crux of so much of this, Savannah. And again, I go back to this idea. He is conservative and opposed to the 2020 election without being loud about it without being as divisive as a Jim Jordan. And what's interesting about the Trump influence, one top source told me overnight, he has the power to sink someone's Trump does. campaign. Trump does. But he doesn't necessarily have the power to get to 217. Think about what happened with Jim Jordan. He supported Jim Jordan. He was a conservative firebrand. Jordan couldn't get to 217 because of the moderates. We saw the moderates rise up, just as you're saying. But then a Tom Emmer, who was moderate, was opposed by Trump, as you laid out at the top. What's notable about Emmer, he's someone who helped Republicans win the majority in the House because he opposed the false election claims. If he'd supported them, Savannah, that could have backfired. Well, this is the pickle that they're in. And then the Democrats seem to be just sitting back, licking their chops, enjoying the show. But will at some point they consider making some kind of deal? Is that even even feasible? I think that the pressure is going to be on them. They're sitting back because, look, Republicans will say this could cost them control of the House because it raises questions about their ability to govern. But remember, President Biden's asked for this funding package for Israel and Ukraine. So if there's not a vote today or if Johnson goes down for defeat, I think the pressure is going to be on Democrats to try to find a bipartisan solution to this, Savannah. Don't forget the government shutdown looming. Less than a month away. Yeah. All right, Kristen. Thank you. We'll be watching. Of course, we'll see you Sunday for Meet the Press. Thank you. Uh, As for Donald Trump, the legal troubles he's facing for trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election, 
appear to be mounting on multiple fronts. NBC's senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett joins us with details. Hey, Laura, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Prosecutors <clears throat> need cooperators to help build their cases. Without a smoking gun, they want people in the room by the defendant's side for key moments to help tell that story. And in Mr. Trump's cases, some who defended him most aggressively are the ones now flipping. This morning, federal prosecutors reportedly have a new top witness in their election interference case against the former president, his own former chief of staff. ABC News reporting Mark Meadows cut an immunity deal in exchange for his testimony, citing sources familiar with the matter, adding Meadows told Mr. Trump his repeated claims about widespread voter fraud. Frankly, we did win this election. Were baseless. The former president denying that overnight in a series of posts. NBC News has not independently confirmed that reporting. The Justice Department is not commenting. While Meadows' attorney said in a statement he told ABC their story was largely inaccurate. Meanwhile, in state court, the list of cooperators against Mr. Trump is growing. Jenna Ellis, a former legal advisor accused of helping push lies about voter fraud in front of the Georgia State Senate. The American people deserve to know what we have uncovered. Tearfully pleading guilty in court Tuesday. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. Ellis, now the fourth co-defendant to strike a deal with prosecutors in Georgia. All of this as Mr. Trump's former fixer heads back to court this morning in New York. For a second day on the stand, Michael Cohen, who once said he'd take a bullet for Mr. Trump, now testifying against him as the state seeks $250 million in a civil fraud suit. The former president and his namesake company already found liable for inflating his assets to get better loan terms. The judge now hearing evidence to determine the penalty, something Mr. Trump is fighting. This is not about Donald Trump versus Michael Cohen or Michael Cohen versus Donald Trump. This is about accountability. The pair coming face to face for the first time in five years. So, uh, Laura, let's go back to the Georgia case for just a second. Four guilty pleas so far. What are you gleaning about the prosecution's case through this? So this is the strategy all along in charging 19 people. Could it be unwieldy? Is it sprawling? Absolutely. But this is also why you get people who are flipping. These are people who do not want to go to prison for potentially decades when they can get such sweetheart deals. A first year lawsuit would tell their client to take this deal. They're getting probation in return for pleading guilty to a felony. I remember everything that they testify to, potentially in this case, can also be used by the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, in the Washington, D.C. case. All right. All right, Laura Jarrett. Laura, thank you. All right. Craig joins us with some other breaking news Mm -hmm. we're following. Good morning. Hey, Savannah Hoda. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. We're talking about some dangerous weather. Hurricane Otis slamming into Mexico's Pacific coast overnight as a catastrophic Category 5 storm, that hurricane bringing heavy rains and winds up to 165 miles per hour as it made landfall near the popular resort town of Acapulco. Officials say up to 20 inches of rain expected in that region through tomorrow. Flash flooding, massive power outages are also likely. Let's bring in Mr. Roker. Tell us where that storm is headed next. Al, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. And this storm really kind of fooled everybody because 1 a.m. it was had 50 mile per hour winds. This was yesterday at 1 a.m. Water temperatures in the low 90s. This is the power of climate change. Because of these record warm waters, this thing rapidly intensified to a Category 5 storm. I mean, this gained over 110 mile per hour winds in 24 hours. 
it made landfall as a Category 4, but it's the strongest landfall for Mexico on record. This Cat 5, it, it actually came in as a Cat 5. It's the strongest landfall. The Eastern Pacific and Mexico, the most rapidly intensifying hurricane along the Pacific coast. Right now, it's 25 miles north northwest of Acapulco. You can see the winds, though, still very strong, 130-mile-per-hour winds, moving northwest at 10 miles per hour. And the moisture from that is now starting to stream up from Mexico, get caught up in the jet stream and brought up into Texas. So we already have some flash flood watches and warnings, and we're also going to be watching this rain, heavy rain, a moderate risk for flash flooding from central Oklahoma all the way almost to Del Rio, Texas, hourly rainfall rates three inches per hour. So we're going to be watching that very closely. You can see rainfall totals anywhere from one to three inches, but upwards of five inches of rain, Texas on into Oklahoma. Back behind it, we've got winter weather advisories, winter storm watches and winter storm warnings as cold air is drawn into all of this. And we're talking about anywhere from six to 12 inches of snow, parts of the northern Rockies and on into the northern plains. So we've got everything going on today and we'll have some warmer weather in a little bit. And that is your latest weather team. Thanks, Al. <laughs> All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead this morning, we are learning more about the pilot accused of trying to crash a passenger plane mid-flight. He faced a judge for the first time. Tom Costello on the story. Hi, Tom. Yeah, good day. So that off-duty pilot, Joseph Emerson, now in an Oregon jail, he told police allegedly he had taken psychedelic mushrooms within two days of the flight and now admits he could have killed everybody. All right, Tom, we'll check in with you on that. Also, Halloween 2023, shaping up to be one for the record books. People from coast to coast (laughs) going all out on their decorations. It's a good one. Spending a lot of money. We're going to explore the trend with a live report from one of the spookiest spots in America. (laughs) What? But first, this is today on NBC. Good one. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Uh, we turn now to that other big story we've been following this week. Some new details emerging about that frightening incident on a passenger plane earlier this week. Yeah, Joseph Emerson, the off-duty pilot accused of trying to crash a regional jet he was riding in along with passengers, 
made his first court appearance this morning. He's facing both state and federal charges. NBC's Tom Costello is following the story for us. So, Tom, the charging documents suggest he suffered a mental break. Tell us more. Yeah, that's right. Both the FBI and police in Portland, where the plane made that emergency landing, say Emerson admitted 84 people, including himself, could have died if he'd been successful in bringing that plane down. Thankfully, the pilots on board managed to stop him. And he also told investigators investigators he had been severely depressed and had been recently taking psychedelic mushrooms. On Suicide Watch, Alaska Airlines pilot Joseph Emerson pleaded not guilty in an Oregon courtroom Tuesday to the state charges against him. 83 counts of attempted murder, another 83 for reckless endangerment, and one for endangering an aircraft. Also charged with the federal crime of interfering with a flight crew. There is probable cause to believe that defendant has committed one of the offenses that is categorically subject to arrest. The FBI and police affidavits suggest Emerson claimed he was suffering from a mental emergency on Sunday. Off-duty and riding in the cockpit jump seat, he told the pilot and co-pilot, I'm not okay, and admitted to grabbing the red fire suppression handles to shut down the plane's engines, struggling with the cockpit crew for nearly 30 seconds before they could kick him out of the cockpit. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit. Witnesses say Emerson calmly walked to the rear of the plane where he allegedly told a flight attendant, you need to cuff me right now or it's going to be bad. Once she handcuffed him, he allegedly said, I messed everything up and tried to kill everybody. Claimed he was having a nervous breakdown and had not slept in 40 hours. The affidavit says Emerson denied taking any medication, but told police he'd been depressed for six years, recently lost a friend, and had taken psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours prior to the flight. Psychiatrists say sleep deprivation combined with possible substance use and mental health issues can make someone feel detached. When you add sleep deprivation for a long period of time with substance abuse, we are really going to see chances of break with reality, delusions, hallucinations, all of that potentially going up and potentially even self-harm or or harm to others. The FAA's required pilot exams do not include in-depth mental health evaluations. If you're seeing a mental health professional, you have to report that. Um, And the doctor in his discussions with you will do an evaluation of, of how how you respond to, to their questions. But as far as an in-depth uh, psychological profile, no, they don't do it. Alaska Airlines, which owns Horizon Air, says it is reaching out to passengers individually to check on them and credits the crew for their skillful actions in a very difficult and highly, they say, highly unusual situation. Savannah? Well, you covered this industry a long time, Tom. Have you heard of anything like this happening in the past? There was a case in the 1990s involving somebody who was riding in a jump seat on a FedEx plane. And in that case, the person in the jump seat attacked the flight crew with a hammer. This was a disgruntled employee. The pilots, despite being grievously injured and bloodied, they managed to land that plane. The suspect was later convicted. He remains in prison 30 years later on a life sentence for air piracy and the the air traffic control conversations with that pilot were chilling Mm, terrifying all right tom keep us posted on this thank you
Still ahead, we shined a light on the crisis of screen time last week. This morning, dozens of states teaming up to sue the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. Why they say features on those popular apps are designed to addict children. First, though, you've probably noticed this year's Halloween decorations, bigger, better, sometimes scarier than ever. Emily Aketa is looking into that spooky phone trend. Hey there, well, nearly three quarters of Americans are leaning into the Halloween spirit and they are spending spooky levels of money to celebrate. Coming up, we've got to look at the trends taking over people's front yards and some of the most extravagant homes from coast to coast. So, guys, people should tune in, right? Yeah, that's all coming up after this. Stay with us. We're back to 739 Halloween, guys. It's just six days away. Carson, you fired up. I can't wait. Are you kidding me? Well, if you look through any neighborhood in this country, you'd know. Yeah, including ours. So, you know, it used to be people just went big for Christmas. But this year, more homeowners are pulling out all the stops for the spookiest of holidays. We asked NBC's Emily Akeda to find a particularly elaborate neighborhood, and she landed in the perfect spot, mm -hmm. Sleepy Hollow. Oh. Emily. Hey there, good morning. I'm just out here making so many new friends here. Clearly I missed the pirate uh, the pirate memo, but let me tell you, this town of Sleepy Hollow, it is dripping with Halloween decorations. In this yard alone, you'll see skeletons. They're scattered throughout the yard. There's a tree of ghosts. And then of course, horror film fanatics, they'll appreciate this frightening figure over my shoulder here. Extravagant setups like this, they can take days to roll out as we learn more Americans than ever are leaning in to the spooky spirit. From a Barbie scream house to Taylor Swift's Scaras tour, and even a dead in breakfast, this year decorating for Halloween is reaching a whole new level of spooky. I just glanced over your shoulder because I <laughs> noticed this lovely creature here. Uh, yes, <laughs> we um, we are into scary movies. <laughs> the village of Sleepy Hollow in New York, that inspired the legend of the headless horseman is known for its festive Halloween spirit, with neighborhoods decked out with pumpkins and pirates. Denise Gaglione turned her front yard into a graveyard that's on trend, with a certain skeletal football player in awe of an uncanny pop star. Her home has gone viral on TikTok. Do you think social media is driving people to go even more all out when it comes to Absol Halloween decorations? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's driving them for Halloween decorations, but even how to see people's decorations. People stop by all the time and take pictures. People will drive by. They realize what it is. They back up. It's really, it's really fun. I love it. TikTok users are showcasing impressive homes from coast to coast, with ghoulish creatures taking over lawns, 12-foot skeletons, even a scene out of Stranger Things. And who could forget Lewis, who went viral earlier this month, with Studio 1A even joining in on the fun. I know that Lewis is all the rage. He sold out. According to a recent survey by the National Retail Federation, more Americans than ever are getting in on the Halloween spirit, and nearly 8 in 10 of those celebrating are buying decorations, putting overall Halloween spending at $12.2 billion compared to last year's $10.6 Good news for local businesses like Stewart's Farm and Granite Springs. How have the pumpkin sales grown since you first started in 1963? Well, people just bought a pumpkin and just brought it home. And now the people, they, they pick them up, they look at it. It's like a big thing picking it out. I it's mean, a whole experience. It is. Emily, shout out to you, by the way, for somehow working in a Taylor Swift, yeah. Travis Kelsey angle into the <laughs> Halloween story as you've been covering are all you things Taylor for us recently. Those are some elaborate ways. Are there any way to get into the Halloween spirit without spending a lot of money? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we're talking to the procrastinators at this point. First and foremost, don't be afraid to break out the Christmas lights early. That's an easy way to brighten up your doorstep for trick-or-treaters. Also, incorporate nature. Think dead branches, dead house plants. Those scream Halloween. And then this is a simple but really reliable way to shop. Shop your own house, whether it be for costumes or decorations. The Scaglione family who did that wonderful Taylor Swift display, they actually used old patio tiles to create those headstones. And I know you guys are secretly planning your costumes for the Today Show extravaganza. But if you're curious about the most popular costumes for the kids, we're talking Spider-Man for adults, witches. But I'm thinking about drawing some inspiration from this house. Maybe a ghost. That seems easy enough, oh, right? Oh, spooky. Let me watch for that. You wear it well, Em. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Em, Carson, you, you were telling me that some people have Halloween trees. I've seen this. Where, yeah, they're getting Christmas trees earlier, and they're decorating the trees with, if you can imagine, with like cobwebs and spiders. Wow. So it's like a Christmas tree, but for Halloween. Oh you guys God. go all out? We do. We do. We, we do. do I it? love Halloween. You Some do. of my greatest memories as a kid is being in our neighborhood and going through a haunted house. I mean, it really sticks with you. My yeah. mom would come into our class dressed as a witch, pass Aww. out candy. Yeah, yeah I love cool. to see America kind of getting really back into the neighborhood. It's vibe. so cool. cute. You Definitely. Guys? Yeah, we loved Halloween. Yeah, we. I mean, we, yeah. we do. We just do a pumpkin and trick or treat. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, pretty really basic. leans in. Yeah, oh, she like, does. Oh, okay. spiders yeah. and yeah. cobwebs coming yeah. off the house. Yeah, so. love that. We're gonna go. We always go all out on this yeah. show. You do not want to miss our extravaganza. It's on the costume reveal. We should give next clues. Tuesday. We should give a little clue. Right now? Go, well, not right oh, now. I was like, <laughs> not today, not okay. this moment. Maybe, I'm maybe, so afraid uh, I'm going to blurt it Monday, out. Okay. Okay, on Monday we'll give, Monday a, we'll give a clue. But right. we're excited. Yes, it's Mr. Broker, how about a check of the weather? Well, you know what? Let's take a look ahead to uh, Halloween next Tuesday. All right? So a little on the showery side in Seattle, 48 degrees, sunshine. I should say uh, clear skies, Denver, 43. It'll be nice in Kansas City. Chicago may see some snow, especially around the Great Lakes. Was there anything worse when you were a kid trick-or-treating when you had to put a coat on oh, over no. your costume? Oh. Hated that. Clouds up and down the uh, east coast but should be fairly dry warm today from the mississippi river to the east highs 10 to 20 degrees above average below average back through the plains behind that front we're going to be seeing a lot of snow look at milwaukee above average at 68 degrees 12 degrees for little rock burlington 67 atlanta 75 records challenged by we get into tomorrow new york 75 chicago 73 amarillo 83 but then by the weekend Temperatures get a little back to normal. Cleveland by Sunday, you're at 60, 70 in New York City, 48 in Milwaukee, Minneapolis. You're going to be in the mid-30s. And that is your latest weather. We're trying to decide, Do we? does anybody do Apple Bob I anymore? was just wondering, does anyone Apple Bob anymore? I don't anymore? think so. Yeah, I don't when know. When you think about it, it's pretty <laughs> disgusting. Lloyd, <laughs> yeah. here's a tub of Did we ever? and some spit. Yeah. yeah. Swap some saliva, everybody. Happy Halloween. Enjoy your okay. Cheerios. Guess not. Coming up, guys, figure skating legend Tara Lipinski in a Today exclusive. She will open up about her years-long fertility journey and share an update about her dream of becoming a mom. We'll hear from Tara. Coming up on Pops Out, we're going to remember the pioneering career of Hollywood legend uh. Richard Roundtree and his signature role in Shaft. All right, and then look who's here. Allison Williams. Can't wait to catch up with her about her new project. It's really unlike anything she's ever done before. So she is here right here in our studio. 